Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 17 through 30. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign and for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. When Jesus is hanging on the cross, he can barely breathe. Sometimes we, we might imagine that you die of crucifixion because you get slow blood loss, because they've nailed you up there. But you die of crucifixion because you're asphyxiated. You, you can't breathe. Your, your body is nailed up there in such a way you can't move your diaphragm. Given that reality, it's amazing that Jesus, while he was hanging on the cross, was able to say anything. And yet, as we read the Gospels, we see seven distinct things Jesus says. And we're not going to look at all of them today. We're going to focus on the last one we see here in the Gospel of John, where Jesus says, it is finished. Now, he probably wasn't able to say it clearly and distinctly like I am right now. It is finished. Because he could barely breathe. And he was at the point of death. So perhaps if Jesus said it is finished, 
Maybe the crowd around him heard something like, I am finished. I'm dying. I'm done for. That, that would have made sense to him because they know he's dying and they saw him die. And they could see the Roman soldier later come up and stick a spear in his side. Yep, he's dead. He's done for. They knew he was finished. They knew he'd lost. They knew he was defeated. But we today, when we hear this phrase, when we hear Jesus say, it is finished, we have a lot more context to go by than they did that Friday. We hear Jesus say, not just the words, it is finished. We hear him saying, I've completed my mission. We hear him say, I've completed the work my Father gave me to do. We hear Jesus saying, I have shown them the full extent of my love. We hear Jesus saying, I've gone all the way. I've given myself totally for people. We hear that because we know what happened next. We know that dying on the cross wasn't the end of his story. We know that just a couple of days later on Sunday morning, the Father raised him up from the dead. We know that in his resurrection, Jesus defeated all the powers of sin, hell, and death. In the resurrection, we see that his death was not a defeat. In the resurrection, we see that all that Jesus had said, all the promises he'd made, all the things he'd said about who he was, were vindicated. We could believe him. We could trust him. It is finished, he said. But maybe it's not exactly finished. Because as we look at the Gospels and what happens after this, Jesus isn't finished. We could go a little farther in the story, look and say at Matthew 28, 18. It's after the resurrection. It's after Jesus has appeared to the disciples. And Jesus is meeting with the disciples right before he ascends to the Father. And Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. We see Jesus ascending to the throne. Similar to what we see God doing back in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, God starts creation. Genesis chapter 2, continues creating. Genesis 3, or Genesis day 2, creating. Genesis day 3, creating. Day 4, creating. Day 5, creating. Day 6, reaches the climax of creation. He makes humans, people who are in his image, people who have the mission of representing him to the rest of creation. Anybody remember what God did on the seventh day? He rested. Now, God's rest, if we look at the rest of the Bible, isn't just sitting in a recliner, kicking back, grabbing a Coke, and watching football. God's rest is the rest of being finished of having the work complete. What does it mean for us 
that it's finished. Now, today we honor our high school graduates. Have any of y'all taken your last test? Maybe. Any of you written your last paper? Any of you turned in your last project? And it's less, less than two weeks till you walk across the stage, right? And you walk across the stage and they get, you shake hands and they give you a little folder. Is there anything in the folder, Kevin? There actually is. There actually is. It, it, is it the diploma? It is the diploma. And I don't know that the diploma is going to say it is finished. But that's what it means. It means that you have finished your K-12 education. Now, my hope is that none of you look at that and say, my education is finished. Because there's still so much more to learn. Unfortunately, though, sometimes the way we do school or experience school might make us think, I hope my education's done. When I was in school, I had the experience, no, not of hula hooping, I'm not going to do that. I had the experience where it seemed like what the people in charge wanted me to do was to jump through hoops. Here's this meaningless thing that doesn't, it's not going to accomplish anything, but you got to jump through this hoop. Have any of you had that experience at any point, kindergarten through 12th grade? Jump through the hoop, jump through the hoop, jump through the hoop, and you get tired of it because you don't know what it means, if it means anything. Now, if you ask your teachers, my guess is some of your teachers would say, man, those administrators, they just make us jump through these hoops over and over again. And if you ask some of the administrators, they might say, man, look at that, state government, they just make us jump through these hoops over and over again, and we just wish it was over because we don't know what it means. So my hope for you all this morning is that even though your, your, your schooling, your K-12 schooling is finished, that your education isn't finished. That the experience you've had has, has made you hungry to learn. That it's made you curious. That it's made you want to develop yourself. Whatever it is you're going to do. But that this time of being finished will be a marker for you. It'll be a time where, where you can have a breather. I finished that lap. And some, some of y'all, y'all run track and you, and you run those laps and you go round and around and around. And I mean, Ava, how many laps did you have to run in your race? Just one. Were you happy when you finished that one? Were you happy when the other people finished theirs? Yeah, but some people, they get out there and they run laps and they have to do four laps. And you finish one lap. Finish one lap is really good, isn't it? Because you know you've only got three left. But, but these markers like graduation are these markers that let us feel like we're getting somewhere. We're making accomplishments. They give us something to build on. Well, let's try another example. Let's try marriage. Can any of you imagine what it is to finish getting married? Any of y'all in here gotten married? I bet a bunch of you have. 
you know what it is. You know how it works. What you do is you meet someone, right? You meet someone, and you get to know them. You spend some time together. You figure out what the purpose of life is together. You figure out where you're going, and maybe you're going the same direction in the same way. And you decide, let's get married. And our culture has this event where we get married. Anybody remember what that's called? Wedding. You have a wedding, right? And I know there's some people who start planning their wedding, what, second grade, third grade? Probably not to guys. But eventually, you get to that time of planning your wedding. You what, Linda? Okay. So your planning didn't take a whole long time? No. Johnny just came and whisked you off. Right. Okay. Sometimes that happens. But sometimes when you have a wedding, you mean you got to plan the refreshments, you got to plan the flowers, you got to plan so many things. But then you get to the point in the wedding when it's over. The point in your wedding where you say, it's finished. I am now married. The wedding is past. Now what happens then? Do the husband and wife get out their hoop and say, okay, now that we're married, it's time to jump through the hoop. The hoop of washing the dishes, the hoop of going shopping, the, the hoop of filling the bank account with money from somewhere, the hoop of mowing the yard, the hoop of raking the leaves, the hoop of raising the children, the hoop of changing diapers. And it's just jump through the hoop over and over and over again. It, it, that's not marriage. You have the wedding, you get married, so you have life together. It's built on that relationship that goes onward. It's a life. It's not just jumping through hoops. Let's go back to Jesus. When Jesus finished his work on the cross, there were only a few that stood there with him. Most of his friends, most of the ones who were known as disciples, had abandoned him. And, and, and why not? Jesus has been arrested. And he didn't even resist arrest. And he's put on trial, and he, and he didn't even say a word. And he let them beat him, and he let them nail him to the cross. So except for a few women and one guy, they're all gone. It's finished. It's over. Nothing left. But then when Jesus is raised from the dead, he appears to them. And, and they believe again. They're, they're ready. Yeah, Jesus, we're with you. Except for one guy. One guy wasn't with them when Jesus showed up. Anybody remember who that was? Thomas. Yeah, Thomas was off playing basketball or getting a burger or something. He missed out, and the guys came to him and said, Hey, Thomas, guess what? Jesus is alive. We saw him. And you know what Thomas said, right? Yeah, right. I bet you're hallucinating. I bet you're just engaging in wishful thinking. It, is it April 1st today, guys? You're trying to pull a fast one on me. But then Jesus shows up. He says, Thomas, put your finger in my hand here 
put your finger in my side and stop doubting and, and believe. Jesus had told them, what, what we read today is John 19. John, Jesus had told them back in John 14 before he was arrested. He said, you believe in God. You trust in God. You believe God has your best interest at heart. You believe God can see you through. Trust also in me. What would we say about our life as Jesus' disciples? Would we say, it's finished? Hey, yeah, I became a member of the church. I jumped through that hoop. I've got it. Or, or would we say, I went to Sunday school and vacation Bible school. I jumped through those hoops. I got it. Or would we say, I went through confirmation, and they did all that cool stuff for us in confirmation class, and I made my commitment, got my ticket to heaven, and I jumped through that hoop. If that's the way we're thinking about it, we're missing Jesus. You see, what Jesus wants is not for us to jump through an endless array of hoops that mean nothing, even if it's good stuff. What Jesus wants is for us to live with him, to live out of what he's done for us, to live out of his finished work on the cross. When Jesus said, it is finished, he said that for us. Today, graduates, today, all of you, there's nothing that you can do, there's nothing that I can do to get in with God. Jesus has done everything necessary. We rest in his finished work. We receive it. We live in it. We live out of it. We live on it. And this Jesus who has finished that work for you and for me invites us to live with him. Not just as a hoop to jump through on Sunday morning, but as a life with him every day. A life of joining him in what he's doing. A life of experiencing his love and extending his love. A life of experiencing his grace and extending his grace. A life that's full of joy. And finally, a life that's done with others. It's not just that Jesus says, okay, Caden, yeah, why don't you come be a Christian all by yourself with me, me and Jesus. We're going to be good buddies. Uh, Jesus calls us to follow him together. Now, some of y'all, when y'all go off to school, to the workplace, to the Navy, wherever you're going, you're going to have some peers there who are followers of Jesus, some who will encourage you, some who surround you with support. Others are going to have peers that say, well, let's just have a good time. We're free from our parents now. There's no preacher looking over our shoulder, no Sunday school teacher looking over our shoulder. We can do whatever we want. I mean, y'all experienced that, right, when y'all went off? Ask them sometime how it was. Maybe they'll tell you the truth. But Jesus invites us, whoever we are, whatever our age, whatever we're coming from, to live with him. 
and to receive that finished work and to live out of that sufficiency. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that the work of Jesus is thoroughly sufficient for us, that it's finished for us so we can live in it and live out of it with him and with each other. Fill us today with your spirit so that we're united with him and with each other. Amen.